hip-hop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door and promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Welcome to the AltaCast. Uh, my name is Pam Benjamin. I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, the beautiful, the intelligent, the just all-around amazing person, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. I forgot to say funny. <laughs> uh, so, little, little different music today. Uh, I'm obsessed with this fa- thing I found. Pop music from the 40s. <laughs> what a happy time. The 40s. Except for you. <laughs> Not really. You hate it when I bring up the nostalgia. <laughs> the white nostalgia of the 40s. Remember how great it was? Remember? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, welcome to the AltaCast, everybody. Uh, it's the first day of June. It's yay. Juneteenth is coming up. Juneteenth. A lot of people don't even know what that is. I do. I would Better. hope that, yeah. I, well, I think everyone in America should know. It, they should. And I, what we're teaching kids is we're not giving them... I think maybe they talk about Juneteenth now. Um, not as much. You'd be surprised who don't who doesn't know who it is. So, excuse me one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, fraud stuff to do. Yeah, there's fraud stuff to do. As if Latoya doesn't have enough to deal with... Uh, fraudulent charges you know and that's the thing that makes me crazy is when people steal from people that are like people you know come on Latoya works really hard for those ducats man and uh, someone's stealing them off PayPal guard your passwords everyone guard your stuff Uh, so it is the AltaCast we're here today listening to 40s music Uh, I have to ask LaToya about a case of accidental racism that I performed last night at the Brainwash, and I could not dig myself out of it, and I was hosting. Oh, boy. Uh, Bringing that up 
Join us next week uh, at the Mutiny Radio Takeover, first Tuesday of the month at Brainwash. It's going to be a great show. It always is from 7 to 10. There's a showcase in the middle. It's free. Uh, Beers are cheap before 7 at the Brainwash, so get out there, everybody, next Tuesday the 7th. Uh, Right on. Other upcoming shows uh, here at the station this Friday from 8 to 10 on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It's a themed month, themed shows, and uh, this Friday's show is called Book It Forward. And the way that that show works is that I book a comedian, and then I have no idea who they're going to book. They book a comedian, and then that book com- comedian books a comedian, and so on and so on, until we have a lineup of seven. So uh, I chose Richard Sarvate, and uh, the list went on and on. John Gallagher, uh, Tess Berry, Sam DeSalvo. It's going to be a great show this Friday, so don't miss it. Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 here. Or uh, now we're on iTunes. All these shows are on iTunes thanks to Tim Pizza of the FEFY podcast here, the Fuck Everything, Fuck You podcast with Timothy Pizza. Uh, and he put all of our RSS feeds on the iTunes and the Stitcher and the TuneIns and all that stuff. So who knows how you're listening to us now. Uh, again, how happy is this? Jingle, jingle, jingle. Oh. As I go riding merrily along. And <laughs> my spurs jingle jangle. Don't, it just makes you feel, doesn't it warm your American cockles? Ah, oh, history stuff. Uh, so we're going to get into that today a little bit. Who knows what else we're going to get into on the AltaCast? I... I've been reading The Stand by Stephen King, so all I can think about is the apocalypse. M-O-O-N spells apocalypse, everybody. (laughs) That's a little inside joke if you've ever read the book, which it makes me feel like such a jerk because this came out in, well, originally it it came out in 78, and then it had to be shortened, so we put out the unabridged version in 1990, which is like 1,500 pages, but I am undaunted. Uh, The toy is back. Are you undaunted? Is everything going to be okay? Yeah, I'm just stupid. Um, I don't like PayPal. I hate PayPal. They, uh, they take your money. Dude, it took them five days to take something out of my account. So, oh. which is trans? It's in also coincide with my regular checking account. Pending whatever transactions. <sighs> whatever pending, money. Pending stuff. It's, yeah, and, and it sucks because here we are, like, with the. I figured this out the other day. Uh, that the. Uh, the housing crisis that happened in uh, 2006, 7, 8, and all that stuff, yeah. um, where the banks screwed everybody because they know they could because the only person that was going to get screwed were the people that lost their houses. And it was just, it was a systematic dismantling of the middle class. Oh, and yeah. it was done by the government. And the government bailed out the banks. And it was, I feel like, looking back at it now, it's just like the culling of critical thought from our education system in 2000 with No Child Left Behind. So we made but people dumb. Yeah. And then we said, hey, trust. And everyone used to trust the banks or whatever. And, but the, the banks got reimbursed. But the people lost their houses, lost everything, went into bankruptcy. And now the middle class is gone. And now we have people that are, we're, I mean, $95 in my PayPal account, I'd freak out too. I mean, yeah. that's how close we are. It's like living is, you know, dime to dime. Totally. And, and then at the same time, we live in a city where there's all this money around. And it's, I'm wondering, like... I feel like now they're making us a service industry. They're basically taking <laughs> Americans from a middle class and then putting and putting everybody into the service industry. It's pretty much yeah how I feel. That's Task why. Rabbit, uh, Lyft, 
Uber. These are like the modern slavery. Because <laughs> we're slaves to the dollars because we're trying to live here and we're trying to follow our dreams. It's See, I don't even have a checking account with like one of the big banks. I have one with a credit union. Smart. So, but you know, I have a PayPal account that's linked into my credit union account because if I lose my card or what have you, Smart. that way I have Smart. some kind of plastic right. to back me up. But it sucks that, you know, every I, I have to be cautious because like when you buy things online, you don't know who has your information, right, right. you know, and here in the States, we're so lacking. We just now started putting the chip into like credit cards or what have you, because the chip helps with less fraud and less uh, identity theft. But now we finally in 2016 have, have started to get people to use or banks to use the chip right. so that way they can avoid identity fraud from you know you know people that have accounts with them it's just a uh, but that's the thing shit. too is that when people st- i was saying when you were outside dealing with it, it, it the worst is when people are stealing from people and it's like what what like when my backpack got stolen and i'm like why are you stealing from normal people what yeah, are you doing stop it and the thing is like people are still and especially now like you, you know you buy things online and you thinking that you know hey you know this will be okay but no there are some really intelligent people out there that will steal your shit for like five bucks or ten dollars and all that adds up I don't I don't buy things online I, I even stopped banking online because I don't bank online because of the someone found my stuff and went into my account and sent money from my account to their account it was like $900 and it said rent and I was like you think I'm not gonna miss 950 but they were stupid they sent it to their account so it was really easy to catch them and it wasn't a big deal nice you caught them you dumb that's see I like it when it you know when the mystery gets solved yes, like that yes. when the you find the asshole that thinks they can get away with something like that right like seriously i'm like you know you're gonna get caught somehow some way and you know karma's a bitch right so something bad's gonna happen to you for stealing something like that like i'm not gonna sit here and say i haven't stolen anything but i wouldn't dare steal someone's money or transfer funds from someone else's account right. to mine. I just you don't do that. The only way that I, I stole would steal, drinks. I would steal <laughs> um I would uh you know do get take out a ton of credit cards and then flee the country yeah, there and you like go. fake my death or something. That's that's what I do. And not pay them. And I would think <laughs> about this song the whole time. Listen to happy. Oh. If you're gonna steal something you should have this in the back of your head. Oh Tiptoe through the raindrops with your stolen goods. So when this jam was probably made, were they thinking about World War II? Uh, this was the <laughs> pop hits from the 40s. So yeah, this is post-World War II. I'm thinking they all just got back. They're all dancing. Everyone's having a great time, except for the women that were working, and now they're forced out. Uh, that the whole thing makes me crazy, too, is that... When, during the war, the men left, and all these women were working and doing jobs and like manufacturing and having, being able to do things for themselves. It was like the beginning right. of women's liberation. Like, oh my God, we have jobs and, and responsibilities. And then the men came back, and, then and they went they, back to. Well, the, that's what they wanted. They said, okay, everybody, get out of here. And. To be able to be given that freedom and the monetary freedom in America and then to have that taken away from you and they say, just get back in the, get get back ba- in the home. Actually, it, we still haven't went through the 50s yet. So it's just like, hey, you know, we'll, you, the, we'll uh, make this sexy by having like sexy technology and oh, making yeah. things you know, bright and shiny in suburbia and well, what have it was you. Giving, it was giving the homemaker 
uh, leisure time. So it's saying, you know, you, you were going out, sorry, you were working, now we realize, whoa, you're back in the house and you let's make it easy for you and give you all this time so that you can do whatever you want. But then it turned into, you have all this time, do whatever you want, watch TV, become a drone. Hence why, that's why uh, they started making quaaludes in the 50s. Ooh, yeah, everybody <laughs> chill out. Yeah. I love Valium. Give me some uh, some of the Tupam family, diazepam, little benzodiazepines, <laughs> mama's little helper. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> Just... What got you on this nostalgia train of the 40s? Last week we were 1915. Right, we've moved up to the 40s. Uh, Found the CD, and I was like, what is this? And it makes me think of my grandma. So, like, as we were thinking about Laura Ingalls Wilder in 1915, my grandma in the 40s, she lived in San Francisco, and she used to ride this trolley streetcars, and she was a very independent woman. Um, She had a job. She was uh, a city girl. She was a city girl, and she ended up marrying my grandpa after, well, I think it was during World War II. He was away, and she was having babies and stuff. Um... But before that, she I guess so it was the late 30s that she was in um, San Francisco. But then they, they came back here, and they ended up being in Redwood City, and they lived there for years and years and years. But um, my, my grandma was a really, really powerful woman, and, uh, and really, I, I feel like I embody some of the things that she put out there which was uh you use everything until it's done don't if it's don't you keep it till it breaks and even in before she died she was still wearing her polyester pants from the 70s why because she fit in them and why not they were were great they weren't falling apart there were no patches it was polyester they she kept them so she she was like wearing weird 70s clothes in the (laughs) 90s but i thought she was rad because she didn't want to buy new things she hated buying new things because she wanted to use things till they till they stopped working. That's how my grandfather was because he was the one he was born in 1911 and he was the one that was born on a reservation. So you know he I store I sort of get that mentality too like if you know if it's not broken, why throw it away? Right. you know use it till it dies you, you know give it to your neighbors exactly pants. so many pants are already made. There are enough pants in the world. I think we made enough pants in the 70s that we really don't <laughs> need any more pants even with the population we have so many clothes i i, just, I, I have so many clothes. well the thing is and i need to meet some people with clothes because i realize like oh i don't want to buy anything but i am a size seven which is or sometimes i'm a I, I can be anything from like a five to an eight so i'm like a size that everyone has or they've grown <laughs> out of or they have stuff and dresses and i need some like I realized, like, I need some... I'm going to uh, Boston for the dermatology convention. Oh, that's right. That's next month. Yeah. Uh, And I have to be dressed up. Get some new gear. I need to get some new gear. But I don't want new gear. I want other people's old gear that's new to me. Well, you know what? You should come by my house. I have an attic full of shit. All right. Yeah, seriously. Hell yeah. I'll bring the wine. Yeah, totally. Because I... You know, the thing is, like, I don't want to throw my clothes away. I don't want... I made a mistake of doing that when I was moving um, at one point. And I'm just like, dude, that's money that I'm throwing away. Why would I do that? But you can at least tax deduct it. I mean, if you are right, already, you could donate it and like buy the pound or whatever. You can get a tax write off. So I mean, I rather like I've given clothes to my neighbor, and you know, 
I took some to Goodwill, but I just like whether have it in good hands, you know, because I know the the things is like I don't want to become a hoarder. Right. Oh my gosh. That's, Absolutely. That's scary to me, you know, because I used to. I kind of I feel like I have those hoarder tendencies when it comes to like clothes and certain stuff. Well, clothes also they have memory because you were wearing them and you can remember specific times yeah. you were wearing them and there are certain pieces. And exactly. Or I think in my mind, oh, you know, I'll be able to get back into this. Right, right, right. No, right, right. just give it up. Just well, give it up. my theory is if I haven't, if it hasn't touched my skin in a year, it's got to go somewhere else. That's the theory my boyfriend has too. And but I have this big suitcase now filled with clothes that are actually really nice. They just don't work for me my style they don't work in my closet space so I have them in this big suitcase and I'm like I'm gonna bring it somewhere at some point and I just don't know where to bring it but it's nice stuff it's nice stuff so I was thinking that we should have a day here at the station and I should try to promote it oh my god another thing to promote I call it um like free free trade or something box day search search your box I bring a box I, I don't know something something with a box something with a box that foxes and socks in your box whatever and have people come here take all the chairs out have everybody put their stuff everybody kind of have a free-for-all but at the end of it i have time to truck like the oh, truck nice. comes from goodwill or whatever or saint anthony's or whoever picks it up and i have the truck show up and we all together since we're all here the things that people don't want we just put them in the truck and say bye thank you i mean yeah. it could even become like a monthly thing that sounds like a nice idea like on a saturday yeah. or something like the two to four space is open okay look it's all coming together see um uh, the thing is it's just like sometimes it's hard to get rid of stuff because some of it's vintage right you know i got some stuff from the 40s that you know so like some of the stuff it's hard to give up because it's just like yeah i wouldn't give that stuff up. yeah like you know i've gotten things from like thrift stores or what have you and i like to keep on to things like that are you know that have a past well and you have style you t- i mean when you you put pieces together put, like, yeah you have like an 80s top on kind of stuff what is it leather it's with the little holes in it it's great shit, well yeah. it looks like leather <laughs> my mom bought this for it me. looks like white leather like the stuff the girl in the matrix first matrix wore oh yeah right and then you have like the slick pants but then all of your little uh, the kutcher is great the spikes yeah and looking then the, dangerous but then you the 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 big she has a, a sweater on that's so, it's sort of like timeless yeah but it's it's got to be like early 90s very early 90s kind of i'm i'm like all mish mashed together it's great though because it's, you have style yeah. so you're picking and choosing from that's the difference you don't need that's what makes me sad is when people are like they see it and they're like that's what i want what's on the mannequin it's like oh 50 other people have that the thing about that's, style yeah. is putting together pieces and being using what's out there to be unique. absolutely and the thing is like i don't believe in spending a lot of money on clothes like people will spend like six hundred dollars on a shirt i know i've seen i'm like downtown it's crazy no i'm like and even at these little boutiques i'm like i'm not buying that Mm -mm. no i mean i i guess i've been spoiled because my mom did work like at a high-end store like neiman marcus and sex and i have nice things like that she didn't pay for that i mean she didn't pay that much exactly or she got like 60 percent off but the thing is like i see a lot of people put themselves in debt for 
this idea thing of like if I have this label I'm somebody right. or I have to have this you say Laurent shoes that are like two G's and you barely I, I can afford them I can't imagine having shoes that things two, I walk on not in this town that cost $2,000 fuck no do you know how mad I would be if I messed up some $2,000 shoes why would I do that I just can't even imagine that's a I, that's a vacation I don't even yeah exactly that's a vacation that's a vacation You're wearing a vacation but I'm wearing my vacation <laughs> well and the, the the game seven Warriors tickets the court side we're going for $29,500 a piece whoa 29 $29,000 that's someone's <laughs> yearly right it's, uh, it's, it's more than I make in a year yeah oh my god that's gross <laughs> but it's and that it was sold out and it's just it's amazing but there are so many people with money and then that's the thing that like it's a it's a it's a short circuit in my brain it's so hard because I know the money's out there and then I know that we're like $95 on the PayPal account Jesus Christ am I going to be able that's to, nothing what am I going to do some people yeah. right but then for other people that's like eat otherwise you have to get real creative about how you're going to eat right <laughs> you know I, and the thing is just like you know I'm happy when I have a G in my account sure that's that's I'm like yes Woo-hoo. don't touch it yeah that's when I start becoming really frugal like I'm like okay we are not Build eating out yeah nest egg. exactly I'm like I'm not shopping I'm not eating out I'm gonna keep this and hold on to it and then it's so scary when you start <laughs> using the credit cards and you see it getting behind it's like oh my god it's Three, a thousand, two thousand, three. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! And it's like, how am I gonna? But then you think there people are paying courtside twenty nine thousand dollars, and it's like, I mean, for them, be three grand is like, oh, it's nothing. And in fact, I've known rich people that carry like six thousand dollar balances on credit cards, and they just pay it off whatever, whenever. I wish I could pay off things like that, I, like my student loans. I, you still have student loans? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm under. I'm. I owe like maybe seven grand. Wow. But in a way. yeah, so it's not too bad. I'm not in debt or anything, but you know, it's but just default on them like everybody else. <laughs> I don't want to. I want no, to do things good. right. No, 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 that's good of you. That's... I mean, I just, I just opened another credit card, which only has a $1,200 limit because I refuse to have like a $10,000 limit on a credit card because I know me too scary. It's scary because that's how they fuck you. Yeah. And I am not trying to be the one. You know, no, and the interest rates and everything. But look how, listen how happy. That's, yeah. what the, that's what the credit card companies are singing every <laughs> they, time. It's a, it's that insurance song. companies. Da, 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 like, I know insurance and, uh, is another racket. Yeah, I think people who work for the insurance companies should go to jail. Well, not the people that work. The people that are the insurance. Whoever they're robbing came people. up with the idea. It's all middlemen. That's the thing. People who have jobs that aren't actually making or creating anything. When you, there are people that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year dealing with stock options that haven't happened yet. Their, their job is that they're playing with numbers. There's all these people. There's so many people on Wall Street that don't do, make, create. They just, it's like it's all imaginary, but there's all this, I, it's so hard for me. Like, again, it's a short circuit. It's like, it's like the real world. And I'm like, I live in San Francisco and I'm an artist. The money's everywhere. It's $8 for a burrito. I mean, $9.95. I mean, I, I know it's nice to have money or what have you, but it, 
I don't know. I think I'll never be able to fill the shoes of someone that can afford to go to a $29,000 game, which that's I... That's a I, sweet vacation. That's a sweet vacation. That's, that's like a year off. That's property I can buy, right. investments, vacation. Oh, I just invest in vacation. Just travel, travel, travel. That's all I'd want to do. But yeah, that, that, would, that would probably be maybe a year or two's vacation if you're very, very thrifty. Yeah. No, that would be two years vacation. Go to India. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's where I'd want to go. I would go to Latin America for a while. Hell yeah. Hide out. Uh, yes. <laughs> I just, I mean, give me a give me a beach with a hammock so I can plan the, the overthrow of the world, you know? Or you could actually take that money, buy some properties someplace in like Asia or Latin How America. Deep in the heart of Texas? <laughs> so. I think your $29,000 could go far in Texas too. Uh-huh. I some I mean uh, I don't know I don't know in some weird deep town yeah like Arnett Arnett Texas but yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so let's uh let's this terrible segue but uh <laughs> we're, we're talking about Texas this will be a good segue uh, have you been other to Texas things, before uh, no I've only flown uh, through but what I do know is that I think at least their stereotype goes that another thing that's big in the heart of Texas is racism. Oh, yeah, of course. Is that yeah. true? I think it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's my segue into um, into Ask LaToya how racist I really was when I was being racist last night. I didn't mean... So I was at the Brainwash, and I was hosting. And there were two comedians that I've never met before. Now, one of... There were a bunch of comedians I'd never met before. Let's back up there. I'm looking at the list, because I'm on the second half. I'm already... I'm on my second pitcher of beer with Jonathan. We're splitting them. So that means I've had a whole pitcher of beer. I'm hosting the second half. And I'm trying to figure out this one name. It's very funny. And I write it a bunch of different ways. And I come up with like L's. It's just very messy. And I'm like, Kwame. This must be Kwame. And I'm trying H. It's just the way it was. I made like five different versions. And I circled Kwame. I'm like, Kwame. So I turn around. And I say, um, are, you, are you Kwame? And it's a black guy. And he's checking out. He checked out his name on his list. I said, oh, is he Kwame? But I didn't really look at him. But I knew he was a black guy. So, then I'm up on stage, and I'm hosting, and I say, our next comedian, I've never seen his comedy before, and I'm really excited uh, to see him come up. All right, everybody, it's Kwame. And I point to the other black guy in the room, and he's like, uh-uh. And then Kwame kind of stands up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, that was really, you're both, you don't look, they don't, you don't all look the same, but you're both black, and he's, you're, I was, didn't. I was like, I'm trying not to be a racist, and I was racist. And so I tried to dig myself out. I think I was digging my hole deeper. Deeper. But I was like, I don't mean they all look alike. They all, the white guys look alike too. They all, everybody, all the comedians deeper. look alike. Deeper. Yeah. Deep. So I was like, I'm so sorry. You guys are going to laugh at his jokes. It's Kwame. <laughs> so he goes up. And he was actually pretty funny. And then the other black guy goes up later, and his name was Nate Shaw. And I was like, this is the other black guy that I thought was the other. Oh, God. He's going to be funny, too. It's Nate Shaw. And they were both actually very funny. But I didn't. It was just that it happened to me in that moment where I'm like, I just thought all black guys looked alike. And I was like, in my own head, I'm like, you are so racist. But I'm on stage, and I'm like, I am so racist. But I'm I'm so what would you? You're laughing, so you would get a kick out of You did yourself a hole. I didn't know how to get into it. That's one of those moments. That you had a special moment, Pam. I, I you was, had a moment. I was, like, <laughs> I was so blushing. You had a I'm moment. Like, are we all blushing? I can't tell because you guys are black. I'm blushing. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just you, thought that. You were thinking but that in your head. I, I felt like I just didn't even. 
I was I was like, I'm a zombie, I'm zombie. white lady, white lady. Like, <laughs> how, do I, how do I make this better? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I just made it worse. Shit. Uh, so yeah. how should I have gotten out of that situation? Not say anything else. Just, yeah, be like, <laughs> all right, this is Kwame over here. Oh, shit, my bad. Right. Kwame, right next to me. Yeah. And then lift it alone. Gotcha. <laughs> Just let it go. Just don't try to <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to yeah. prove that I'm not a racist. Don't lynch your own self. <laughs> it's it's just I got I dug myself deeper trying to prove that I wasn't a racist. And I'm, thank God I didn't come out with my ex-husband was black. I can't be a racist. It's, there you go. See, that's a good thing you didn't come out with that. I that's, that's I know better these days. Yeah, yeah, because somebody would have came out with that. I have black friends. I have black friends. I have a black friend. Oh, I've slept with a black guy. A black. I mean, how do I mean? That's the thing, though, is that all of these sort of messages still exist, and how do we change the messages to, you know? I don't. Th- take I think away. The- I think the fact of the matter is, like, we've gotten so afraid to say things and gotten so PC, which you know, I don't believe in be- being politically correct. Um, but there's an art form to like if you know i like i don't think what you said was insulting or anything else just like for the sake of art don't dig yourself into a bigger hole right right <laughs> you know I couldn't riff my way out also i was a little too drunk so <laughs> that's was like not quick uh, the ipa at all. was talking the, yeah oh, God. <laughs> it's nice and dark brown yeah haha um but i mean the fact of the matter like i I'm glad like those dudes were cool about it because sometimes people can be very ultra ultra sensitive when there's right. no need for it sure you know it was just like oh it's the other black guy that's fine to me that's fine whatever you know <laughs> but the thing is just like you're a comedian so you are funny there but there are people out there that try to be funny who aren't right about that right I get a pass because I'm a comedian yeah and the thing is like you know you hit on everybody everybody's your target sure that you the thing is it's just like if if you're going to if you're going to be funny and if you're going to be racist or sexist when you do your bits you have to target everybody you can't just hit one demographic of people because then you are actually sounding like you're kind of a racist toward one group of people right if i just did all blonde jokes right yeah although that would be sexist and i don't know if racist is the right word i mean i guess toward a specific type Ethnic, of white people uh i guess kind of like a how would you say that? I mean, because if you're blonde, it's just a specific, you're Nordic, a so you're you know you would be. You, I'm like, a Nordist. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Fuck the Swedes. I'm Fuck a Nordist. Nordist. <laughs> I can't handle people from Denmark. Because <laughs> you're blonde. All their Danishes. Screw you guys with all your butter and your cows and your happiness. There you go. <laughs> Staying skinny, eating a Danish every day. How are you doing that? I mean, people hate on the Irish because a lot of them are known as being, you know, redhead and freckles. That's the stereotype. Well, I think that that's that's a that's a ginger thing that yeah. goes beyond See? just Irish. Go. Ginger thing. Because you can be ginger. And I German. mean, I've yeah, I've seen ginger. I watched one of those Netflix things, and he, he was a ginger, and he was Brazilian, and everyone else in his family was like dark hair dark eyes and he had like blue eyes and red hair like where did that come from genetics is a tricky son of a bitch yeah weird uh underground gingerist racism but you usually you like 
sexist jokes and racist jokes. Though, well, too. I mean, I like all jokes. If it's funny, I'm going to laugh at it. A guy did a joke. I mean, I don't like poop, but a guy did a joke the other night and he, he ended with, and then I shit in her mouth. And I was like, that was hilarious. It was Michael Janksy. And he got up and he said, um, I have a new girlfriend. And she was asking me about my fantasies. And he said, you know, I just, I just want to snuggle, you know, and, and watch and with our, with our teddy bears or our stuffed animals and, and watch a movie. And she says, well, that's, that's not really sexual fantasy. And he's like, yeah, then I'm going to shit in your mouth. <laughs> and then I lost it. I thought that was so funny. And, like, it's, I mean, it, it touches on a lot of different things. But right. it's because he was so, like, dry in his delivery. And it was so, it was just such There's a great There's a story turn. behind it. Well, the, the comic turn was just, it was so unexpected that I was, I was losing it. So. Delivery. Right. And it's, I mean, if you if you can be fu- you can be funny about anything i've heard some really funny cancer jokes and oh yeah people don't like to joke about cancer or I mean, aids i have to be i have to be i'm in the show on friday um it's the roast of anthony medina at il parada at nine o'clock i'm gonna do it after the pamtastics i'm so nervous because of the people who are up and who's going to make fun of who and how they're going to do it. And I don't know how deep or mean to go or how much I should write. So this is my plan. All right. I'm going to dress up like Anthony Medina. Oh, nice. I'm going to like <laughs> slick my hair back into a ponytail, ponytail like Vaseline it. I'm going to wear, <laughs> I'm going to wear a, a fedora. I'm going to wear pants and a nice belt. I'm going to wear a shirt that's open really far, like a button up shirt that's a button really far and like a, like a velour blazer of Jonathan's. You know, he has this one velour blazer. I think I'm going to wear it. So um, I'm going to dress up like him. And then I'm going to just do the beginning of his set for a beginning for a little bit. Nice. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, how do I know his set? Because he does the same set all the time, <laughs> everywhere for the past four years. Yeah, I'm a new age Mexican. This joke is so old age. Retire it, brother. <laughs> Like, that's so. That's good. That's kind of what I'm gonna start with. And that's how you do a roast. Cause I figure like I don't want to be too mean, but I really do know all of his material. Like, and I'll I'm gonna be like, uh, you know, I love I love lick pussy. I love it. I love cuddling kind of like I come at it. I got it from from the front side. I'll come uh, from the back side. Sometimes I I come at it from the ceiling. I call that the Toby Cunnilingus. And I'll be like, cause I'm Anthony Medina and I'm a lesbian. And I'll like take <laughs> off the hat and be like. <laughs> And be like, look at my long hair. Oh, that's roasts are funny. I think that's oh, I'm gonna roasts try so are. Hard. I think that's already you're already off to a good start okay, right good. there. It's Friday. You know. It's like the first thing I've written. I'm like, oh fuck. But it's I'm not even writing anything. It's his jokes. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. There you go. So you use their own material against them. Right. <laughs> Flip uh, it. I, I I have to remember all of them. The one the punchline is no me speaky, and then she came around with something adios, and he's like, oh, they got me. <laughs> and now I'm a Mormon. <laughs> I, like I know. I guess gotta. I know his I know his jokes. See that means, and I think that's awesome because that means you actually pay attention to his stuff oh, and yeah. his material, and the fact of like he, he this person this individual has left a mark on them. So now I'm gonna flip it and hate on you. Yeah, because I love you. Right. <laughs> well, and I actually I do have a lot of respect for True Hustle Entertainment and what Anthony Medina's been doing. I mean, there's seven nights a week of comedy at Brainwash now, and I remember when I did the poetry open mic on Mondays, and uh, I. 
Mike Scott ran it at that time and I became a comedian and I started going there because I was a poet and I used to do it and I was like well now I'm gonna go with comedy and in the beginning it was like I was the only comedian and I started telling other comedians and then all of a sudden it was an all comedy open mic and there were no more poets Wow! and they tried to like get poets in and, and musicians and stuff and the musicians and poets were just like fuck this <laughs> we're gonna just go to the Hotel Utah and wait around we'd rather do it than listen to these assholes so we, we just effectively took over an open mic as comedians and then it just kept steamrolling and uh, True Hustle just they do it seven nights a week now which that's is, awesome is, yeah it's, it's I noticed great that it's like more like they have Saturday nights now as yeah well. they do Saturdays as a usually it's like an open mic and then a showcase and then it depends They some nights are showcases some nights but they it's usually a combination of both but it's always free and uh, the food's really good there I mean I love Brainwash so I can't give them enough props yeah yeah, bringing the comedy to the people. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's the roast that's going to be on. So, this Friday, come to Pamtastics. We got the book it forward, and then follow me to Il Parada, where there's going to be big party. Anthony Medina, big roast, good times. <laughs> uh, so, what else? What else is uh, going on with you? You you have a you have a, a show coming up. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, July first. July first. I'm actually pretty excited about that. I've already yeah. started writing some material. Sweet. You know, um, it's basically you know your childhood, some of the craziest things that. The, ti- could, the title of the show is uh, "I Used to Light Fires and Other Terrible Things I Did as a Child." Yeah, that 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 speaks to me because yeah. <laughs> I've got some deep dark weird yeah. shit that I used to do as a kid especially since I you know was raised as the only kid right so I was really fucking weird you didn't and have bored. anything to bounce anything off of dude TV and mom writing and on the uh, walls cursing ooh. drawing in dictionaries nice <laughs> Well, that's not so bad. At least you got the book open. There's oh, I would lock myself in the dryer. Whoa. <laughs> just boring. Whoa. Whoa. I had this thing about locking myself in tiny spaces. Wow. When I was a kid. Like, it was so weird. Wow. Yeah. It's a good thing you didn't get in the oven. Oh, no. Trust me, I thought about it. <laughs> it's so warm in here. It's, I, I totally thought about it. it yeah. I was bored. I was good at hide and go seek as a kid. Um, I we used to play at the church, uh, and I found some weird places to hide at the church because we we do this thing as junior hires, and uh, well, I went to school there at the church, so I knew the church really well. But then we'd we'd have these sleepovers as junior hires where nobody slept. We was just like, drop Can't- your kids off, and we're gonna lock them in. They're gonna be in the church all night, and. Uh, we played some weird nighttime games and I found some, I mean, I, my hiding places were so good that no, like no one ever, they were, I shouldn't have been up there. Like I, <laughs> I went behind the, behind the pulpit and there was this thing you could pull back a wall and there was uh, a ladder that went up to this area that was like, so that they could hang banners on this big pillar behind Wow. on stage. They had this big pillar, like a po- two pillar posts and then this big thing in front of it. It was almost like, I think it might've been holding the building up. I don't know, but they used to hang, you know, like weird banners behind it because they were Christians. And I figured out how, I think my friend Charlotte showed me actually, like in fifth grade. But uh, they showed me how to get up 
the thing to the top and we just sit up there on this weird like pillar area and we were even there during some of the services and stuff and it was weird like being up kind of behind everybody but you could see everybody you were like basically in front of everybody but they couldn't see you at all that's but you could see them you could see everybody it was weird dude it was cool yeah that kind of reminds me like because when i went with the catholic school and they would do stuff like that like the school Mm lock-in yeah and like just find some of the craziest places deep dark like should i be in here am i gonna find something disturbing you know is it a priest gonna jump out yeah well, I never, I didn't understand when I was a kid. I thought that when they did uh, funerals, uh, you know, they brought the body into the church and then I just thought, I didn't know where they put it. I mean, I understood <laughs> there were cemeteries and stuff, but I kind of thought that, that they just, they were there. Like I didn't, I've never really believed that cemeteries, they actually put the bodies in the ground. I thought they were just like, um, placard thingies placard because they're all so close to each other. I'm like, do they put them in standing up? <laughs> like... Or do they, do they dig them down and then they put other people on top of them? I don't know. I don't Stack know. of bodies. And I don't, I mean, I've never really thought about what you do after people are dead until I'm reading the stand now and there's like dead bodies everywhere. Just like, eh, so, and how do you dispose of the dead bodies? They decompose now. I mean, well, we know now, but it, I, I think, it, I think that's cool. Like, especially being, you know, you know thinking as innocent as children are it's just like those ideas and where your imagination would go like ask all these questions like where do these bodies go and you know you have your own conspiracy theory as a kid and not even right. know you know i kind of miss that <laughs> my imagination's gone right well i hang out with a lot of two-year-olds so they see that's good yeah that keeps your imagination going sometimes it gets difficult when they're like eight or nine and they they want to do make-believe stuff because you're not necessarily sure how they want to play like it's easier with when they're really little but i think that only like eight nine ten year olds should be doing imaginative play with eight nine ten year olds like it's weird to get in there as an adult like that's when i think that's when they start to realize this shit ain't real you know kind of moments yeah well i mean like i like playing with dolls but um, and I tried to play them with one of my friends, Daria. She's like nine, ten now. And she doesn't like it because I do this voice for all the dolls, and it's always the same. It's like the voice I do for cats and dogs and stuff when it's this weird voice. Let's see if I can do it. It's like when my cat is doing something, and I'm like, oh, the, the, ki- the kitty says, uh, it's my kitty, but the kitty says meow. Oh, what does the kitty? Here is a cat. This is a very nice, are you a nice cat? What a nice very nice cat <laughs> spike he's so nice he says i would like another smack roll snack roll that's my spike voice so that's i t- that's my animal voice but when i have babies it's weird anyways i have i have voice she doesn't like those she's like nanny pam you gotta stop you can't see <laughs> she's like you can't do that the voice is really creepy see that's when eight and nine and ten that's when they start calling you out on stuff i'm like it's <laughs> and creepy. they'll embarrass you they will embarrass you i can't be embarrassed by it i dance on the street with two-year-olds i mean i can't be embarrassed the people look at me all the time like shut up bitch because i'm constantly <laughs> talking to the child you know like in regular I, I talk to the child like he's a real person and so people see me doing it on the street and they're like until they see the kid they're like what is this crazy person doing i but kids are smart that's the thing you know the thing is like you don't want to baby 
I mean, you don't want to baby a child, especially if they're like, you know, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, kids can kids tell you some things that you're like they put you into perspective sometimes right, 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 right. you know like never underestimate a child because they will always remember that shit <laughs> they will always because i remember as a kid people would underestimate me and i'm like when i see them now as an adult i'm like i remember you said that shit yeah I'm, i might have been like eight years old but i never forget i and i even my i hang out with a one of my autistic friends and she remembers everything and everybody constantly just sort of they say things in front of her and they sort of pretend she isn't there but she Aww. remembers it and she comes out with things because she has this internal thing where she just sort of she's like she's not even thinking about it she's sort of just talking and out spews the weirdest stuff and it's snippets of conversation you've heard and really adult oh, wow. stuff and I'm like whoa oh. she's so paying attention she said some things on the on the on the podcast on Monday when she was here at one point and I was like I'm so glad it didn't get recorded because <laughs> oh, no. it was like whoa because it was at the beginning of the podcast and so it was before the auto, auto podcast clicked in and I, everyone in the studio kind of heard it and and I and I was like oh no 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 but it, everything worked out because it didn't good so she would have got somebody in trouble possibly yeah oh damn yeah it was uh, it was pretty hardcore. But it's kids say the darndest things. Oh, yeah, they do. And we just discount them all the time. I try not to. I try. Do you, are you still, are you still feeling like you might put a bun in the oven at some point or is the time fleeting away? Yeah, I want to, but I actually was having a conversation with myself about this the other day. Like if, you know, if that time does not happen for me, what would I do? And I, I mean, I still would like to have, you know, a little asshole. Um, to clean, yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. My I asshole would... is not enough. I must clean another. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, I think it's very important, you know, to me to have the appropriate partner to do it with. Because right. the thing is, like, I know I can't do it myself. Right. I'm a big child myself. Uh, me too. I mean, sometimes I need help wiping my own ass. <laughs> you know. So it's just like you know, I, I always, you know coming from like a child of divorce it would be nice to have a partner that is slightly a little bit more grown up than me right right you know so I, yeah if I was gonna have a kid I'd need someone to really take care of me because I mean it'd be so I was thinking about this the other day Jonathan and I it was like a Saturday and we were doing something fun we were waking up really late and I was reading my book and he was sleeping and I was like and he kind of complained a little bit he's like oh I wanted to sleep more I'm like it's one o'clock honey but <laughs> he works hard so he deserves it but um I was thinking like if we had kids like we had a pregnancy scare like about two years ago and I was like if we would have had that kid it wouldn't have been like oh I only got to sleep until one o'clock. It would have been like, we're up at six and we're eating breakfast. And what are we doing? And what are we doing today? And are we going to the park? Are you going to the park? Potty train. Are you right? Potty train. Are we going to, what are we going to, there would, I wouldn't be able to, I re, I like to read too much to have kids. Like I don't know. There's not my, with my time, like I, with the, when I have actual leisure time, I really like sitting with my cat and reading a book. And if I had a kid, there wouldn't be any leisure time. No. I'd be working and it'd be so hard and it's, I've come to grips with it now because I'm I'm coming on 42 this year and I'm like I'm definitely not birthing a baby this is not <laughs> happening it's just not gonna happen and but when I was in, when I was 34 35 36 I was still like 
it was a weird time where I'm like, is this gonna happen? Is this not gonna? And I didn't have at that time. I didn't even have. I had like three guys that I was interested in, and I was messing around with. There wasn't, and none of them were appropriate partners. But this is like after kind of like your honeymoon after your divorce. Right, 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 right. So this is, I mean, which is very healthy to like. You're not when you're going from you know being a divorcee, you don't want to jump into another serious relationship. Oh, I and I tried. I'm really glad it didn't happen, but boy, did I try. Oh, you tried. (laughs) Oh my God, I wanted. That's all. I, I thought that would make my life just perfect. I just want a guy to be with me all the time and not just want to sleep with me when I'm drunk. Oh my God, wouldn't that be great? They want to hang out with me when I'm sober. Wow. (laughs) That was like a dream of mine, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I, I think I went through that like a couple weeks ago when we were going through the okay cupid thing oh yeah yeah that was when i made up that profile i think that was my thirstiest time right sure (laughs) because i i I had made that i think when i was like 29 or 30 and so i was like wanting to get into a serious relationship and putting myself out there and just like being very serious but also you know i was i went back to school at that point in time so i was thinking about like well what am i gonna do after right you know I'm going to be in my 30s or in my 30s now. And, you know, I just looking at that, I'm like, man, I sounded really thirsty. Like, right. Yes. Yeah. You know, and. Th- but I thought about that too. Like, when I first got my divorce, I was like, the first thing I need to do is find a guy and get married again so I can have kind of that, that, that lifestyle <laughs> of, of being with, a, when you're with a partner and when they have money. It's just, it's a different lifestyle. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, especially if they, I don't know, actually want to be around you or something. But I didn't put myself out on that okay Cupid vine or any of that stuff because I kind of knew that the kind of guys who would be looking for, they weren't looking for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. nobody's, I was, I realized, like, I'm the good time girl. I'm the go out and drink and have a good time. I'm not the marrying kind anymore. Like, I'm not the... Let's settle down in the house. Because I, I already didn't do that, right? right? I already didn't settle down in the house and do that. So, And all the guys who would be like, playboys like me or play girl, like they'd be like, party fun time. If they were my age range, they'd be wanting to be with like 24-year-old girls because they just want to play around. Right. So then it was like, oh my God, am I going to be looking to date someone who's like 40 or 50? Yeah. It just... It- and I was like, they don't want to date me. Especially once I start getting the tattoos. They don't want to bring me out with their dinner parties or I uh, I don't know. See, I see I'm still to this day, day and even I've always been that good time party girl. But the thing is like I've seen couples where they've made it work uh-huh. and I've had friends that were kind of like identical to that same good time partnership. But sure. so I always thought that I could find someone a partner like that. The my boyfriend now is total opposite of me. Right. I think that's why we're always on shaky ground. But the thing is, it's just like, you know, why I, during that time I was doing a lot of sleeping around too, <laughs> because I'm just a whore sometimes, you know, I have my needs, you know, men do it. I want to do it. And that's part of the whole feminist thing that we're still seen as whores is part of the issue with I what's happening it. is that men are allowed to be bachelors and that's cool and it's like oh he's a lifelong bachelor but for some women for some reason women haven't been given that option of saying like it's something that once you're over 40 or once you're not childbearing anymore you're sort of worthless right it, that's not mm-hmm. true but that's i think and i've heard this do you remember david hobley 
comedian David Hobley. No, I would have to see his picture. He was a, he's the doctor, and he's a black guy, and uh, he went off the rails for a minute. I don't know where he is now, but uh, he's an ER doctor. He's really fine fellow, nice guy, but he's, he's my age. He's like 40 now, but he said something once that really offended me, uh-uh. and he said, I don't think that women who can't have babies are sexy. He said, and, and what he said was, he doesn't want to have sex with a woman unless he knows that there's a possibility that he could get her pregnant. Meaning that women in menopause or women who are over 48 somehow are asexual because they don't have the option of having a baby. And wow. And that is somehow to him. That's fucking disturbing. Right? And so Because his junk probably don't work 100% that well either. Well, and the thing is that it's not that he wants to put a baby in someone. It's the thing that he could. And that's what he was getting at. And I was really offended because I was like, you're basically saying that after women can't have babies, they're worthless. And he's like, no, it just means I don't want to have sex with him anymore. And I'm like, okay. But from a man's perspective, the only re- a lot of them, when they, the way they objectify women is that they are just sexual objects and they aren't people and they don't have like, you know, souls and ambitions and whatever. They're just me- mainly meant there for men's pleasure. You know, like, well, I'm going to go get a new pair of shoes. I'm going to go buy another woman. I can't believe, you know, yes, I can. I was about to say, I can't believe someone would think something so so fucking retarded and he's like a doctor that. he's a doctor see okay here's the thing when i hear men say stuff like that to me i think there's something wrong with obviously there's something wrong with them and i think there it's not only mental but i think it's a physical attribute because usually people that say stupid shit like that have small penises or something down there is not working and and that's I, I think it's indicative of the cultural times that there are men that truly they have that feminism they, has gone really nowhere that men still don't value us as actual people and the thing is a lot of people um, don't realize women's sexual peak is like in their 50s and oh, really? 60s yeah wow. that's and that's the thing you know it's I, I I don't understand by especially in today's standard of living how men especially men when they're over 40 how dare them yeah like you come on you have to take a pill and some point in the man's life as he gets older he's going to have to have help well here's here's the thing though that we don't need help when we don't need help we, maybe a little lube here and there but spit on it <laughs> here's what the reason that this is happening i can pinpoint it it's the message that hollywood sends currently and it's all the women have to be thin and beautiful, but the men can be schlubby and old, and they still have a young ingenue who's interested in them. And when they pair them up, so we're giving guys this image that no matter what you look like, no matter how Jonah Hill-esque you get, pre or post Coke, you still get to be with the hot girl. No matter how much Vince Vaughn spreads, He's still gonna, you know, and he's 45, 48 something. And and when they pair him in a movie, she is still under 35, flawless. And even like, even now we're like celebrating Amy Schumer. My God, the woman's 150 pounds. Everybody shut the fuck up. She's pretty normal. What is, yeah. She's a normal girl. Like, oh, look at a fat girl. She's not fat. Okay, that's another thing that pisses me off because I've been reading articles about this and here uh, reading about some of the tweets that people have been sending her sure. about her weight. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's a normal size. I just don't understand. She's a normal size. And it's a lot of the times, some of these people that hate, 
are the absolute most grotesque people. Sure. And I'm not even just talking mental. I'll stoop down to their level and say physically, you are not attractive yourself. And it, it's it's just like, you know, the thing is, just, I don't understand why people are so complacent on appearance. Yeah. And it it's, I mean, I, I feel imp- appearance is important, but if you don't have any substance there, what am I, what, what are you going to do with it? What, I mean, what are you going to do with someone that just has all beauty, but no brains? But that's, I mean, and that's the image that we're taught is that it's shut your mouth, be pleasant, have a nice smile, agree and smile. The less you say, how do you become more likable? Have less opinions, you know? I was just reading too. That's so funny. You brought up the whole Amy Schumer thing. Um, I was reading, um, Kate Beckinsale. I was talking about when she was working with Michael Bay, who does those horrible movies. Yeah, that he's doing ex- a new one that's come out. Fucking uh, everything that explodes. No, no plot, just explosions. Right. Terminator. It's a. I think he's directing. Is it the? It's coming back. Uh, used to have Will Smith, but this time it doesn't. But it still has Jeff Goldblum. Independence Day. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. Think it's a Michael Bay film. Uh, yeah. Boom boom. We can boom. look it up. Yeah. But so Kate Beckinsale on, was talking about working with him. Um, and she worked with him on that horrible movie Pearl Harbor, uh, and he said something to you know the fact Pearl that the, mother, sucks, the movie is terrible and I miss you. <laughs> I'll play that song too after that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically what she was saying was like you know he put in an article back in 2001 saying like you know Kate Beckinsale is one of those women that you know she's not that pretty but she doesn't make a lot of women envious and you know he also told her that she you know she had just had a baby that um she needed to lose more weight (gasps) um and you know she's not like that blonde you know sexy you know kind of girl that hollywood looks for and he kind of said the same thing to Megan Fox since why that she didn't do any more of the Transformer movies because oh. just some of the sexist statements that he would say, you know, she, you know, Megan Fox said something like, he, you know, he was targeting and trying to look some for some bimbo-esque kind of person and working on a Michael Bay film oh, you got was it. Kate Beckinsale's sexist crucible. Michael Bay's chauvinist reputation remains intact and no one seems less concerned about that than Michael Bay. <laughs> he's such a dick. Uh, let's let's uh, see what he's working on now. Look at his IMDb. Oh, what a little! I, I'm looking at him too. He though. has a small penis. I, who knows what he has? But he has uh, a small penis. Pearl just, Harbor sucked. That's yeah. all I know. Um, it's it. He's a. Uh, I I don't think did he do Titanic? No, that's James Cameron. That's James Cameron. See, I never saw Titanic. I've never seen it either. Oh Yay! My God, and I refuse. Twinsy, twinsies I in that room. I refuse. I uh, Michael Bay, a graduate of Wesleyan University, Michael Bay spent his 20s working on advertisements and music videos. Look at that smug look on his face. He has a small penis. Uh, <laughs> Just to keep Known safe. for Transformers 2007, Armageddon 1998. One of the worst films. Also, another one of the worst soundtracks of all time. God, Pearl Harbor, terrible. And then Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, he's wins seven of ten nominations. Fuck this guy. I don't know what he's working on now, but... Um, you should totally read that article, what Kate Beckinsale was the saying. The Huffington was, Post one? Yeah, okay, that was the it. one that I was reading today. And it's not a, it's not a long article, okay, but we'll it's... go for it. Uh, being a woman... She's beautiful. Yeah. God, she's gorgeous. This is exactly what we're talking about. I, when, she has no flaws. Uh, her eyes are wide set. Her mouth's all big and pouty. She's got a 
no wrinkles on her forehead or hairs all. She has a stylus. Obviously. <laughs> uh, being a woman in Michael Bay film sounds like some yet-to-be-discovered circle of hell. Just ask Kate Beckinsale. The actress starred in Bay's 2001 war epic Pearl Harbor as a nurse caught in an epic love triangle with two strapping soldiers. But according to Beckinsale, what mattered most to the director was her sex appeal or lack thereof. Apparently, Esquire's Sexiest Woman Alive was dealt the You're Not Too Pretty card by the director, recalling on The Graham Norton Show on Friday, according to Digital Spy, that Bay repeatedly made comments about her attractiveness wasn't threatening to other women. When we were promoting the film, Michael was asked why he had chosen Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett, Beckinsale shared. Bay said, I have worked with Ben before and I love him. And Josh is so manly and a wonderful actor. Then when he asked about me, he'd say, Kate wasn't so attractive that she would alienate the female audience. He kept saying it everywhere he went, she added, and we went to a lot of places. Beckinsale also claims that Bay was adamant that she lose weight for a film, a mystifying proposition to consider as the character was perhaps a little too busy saving soldiers' lives to be a regulation Michael Bay hottie. Side note, here's what Kate Beckinsale looked like in 2001. And here's a picture of her. But she's not pretty enough to alienate. God, she's amazing. And she's thin as fuck. Yeah, she needs to eat. She needs to eat. Someone give that girl a sandwich. sandwich. (laughs) I don't think I fitted the type of actress Michael Bay, the director, had met before, Beckinsale said. And I think he was baffled by me because my boobs weren't bigger than my head. Oh, boobs weren't bigger than my head and I wasn't blonde. I just had my daughter and I had lost weight, but was told that if I got the part, I'd have to work out. And I just didn't understand why a 1940s nurse would do that, she continued. Don't believe her? First ask yourself why, and then consider an excerpt from this old Michael Bay movie line interview, Uh circa 2001. I didn't want someone who was too beautiful, Bay said, describing Beckinsale. Women feel disturbed when they see someone's too pretty. I'm not saying Kate's not pretty, but when you look at Titanic, Kate Winslet is pretty, but not overwhelmingly beautiful. That makes it work better for women. Our Kate is very funny, could hang with the guys. She's not so neurotic about everything, like some actresses. She was solid, and I think the three of them had some really nice chemistry. Uh... So that was a nice little excerpt from that, to which we say uh, a petition to over uh, to crowdfund a revenge movie starting, starring all the women Michael Bay has insulted. Donations accepted here. Uh, there's a Leonardo DiCaprio uh, animated gif because he's such a bullshit piece of crap. Uh, so he... Wow. Um, what... Yeah, that's what he said. What, what made you choose? Oh, this is terrible. What was the initial budget? $175 million. Anyways, Pearl Harbor sucked. Yeah, it did. We can all agree that Pearl Harbor sucked, and I want to play this again. Uh, here we go. If you could throw up uh, four over there. I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the mark 
When he made Pearl Harbor I miss you more than that movie missed the point And that's an awful lot, girl And now, now you've gone away And all I'm trying to say Is Pearl Harbor sucked And I miss you I need to remember to sing this for karaoke You should totally sing this seen this movie in so long Team America it is so spot on uh, they are so funny almost as funny as uh, I mean uh, you heard about uh, what's their musical I mean that was a great it's a great musical they write great musicals Trey Parker and Matt Stone there's, there's no doubt about it um, I'm gonna say Trey Park. Oh, it's it's the Mormon musical. What's it called? It's called. Uh, oh, uh, the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon. Uh, uh, we're gonna look up that it's just because. I mean, I God, I love those guys. I do. They do have a point. Like, why does he keep making movies? Why does he keep on making movies? Uh, let's see. We wanna watch. Hello, live. This is gonna be great. Okay, here we go. Hopefully they won't make us watch a commercial. All right. Hello, my name is Elder Price, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. Hello, my name is Elder Grant. It's a book about America a long, long time ago. It has so many awesome parts. You simply won't believe how much this book can change your life. Hello, my name is Elder Green. I would like to share with you this book of Jesus Christ. Hello, my name is Elder Young. Hello, did you know that Jesus lived here in the USA? You can read all about it now. Hello, in this nifty book, it's free. No, you don't have to pay. Hello, hello, my name is Elder Smith. And can I leave this book with you for you to just peruse? Hello, hello, hello. I'll just.
just leave it here. It has a lot of information you can really use. Hello. Hi. My name is Jesus Christ. You have a lovely home. Hello. It's an amazing book. Bonjour. Hola. How? Me amo, Elder White. Are these your kids? This book gives you the secret to eternal life. Sound good? Eternal life. Jesus Christ. Super fun. Hello. not how we do it. You're making things up again. Just stick to the approved dialogue. Live at the Tonys. That's just how I've, I've been wanting. I've are. been wanting to see that play, and I love. I love how brilliant they are because they poke fun of everybody, and especially the people. They always get people who deserve it. Well, always. The Mormons love this musical, which is funny and really? weird because <laughs> they love it because that whole beginning is exactly what they do. But they, I uh, got a hold of one of the. My friend went, and I got the playbill. And when you open it up, the front page is an art is a an advertisement for the Mormons. Oh, like wow. they're actually oh, paying to be in the playbill. They love it. They love it. They love it. They love it. Now I just love Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I think that they can do no wrong and, and that that song is so great. It's like <laughs> the same thing over and over, but the orchestration of it and all the different characters, the 16 guys and all the... Whoever's like the musical director of that is amazing in the way they all those singers, they learn the song. It's so fun. And I, I'm, just, I'm just blown away by... Yay, musicals. I wonder if Michael Bay is a fan of that song. Oh, that's a good question. Uh... If he, if I'm, he's got it. The Pearl Harbor sucks. He's, he's gotta, <laughs> he's gotta think it's funny. I mean, that guy has to have a sense of humor about himself. You saw the picture of his wet feathered hair. Like he, I mean, he has a small penis. He has to be like, um, who's our friend? Uh, David Asselhoff. Like he takes yeah. himself, he takes right? himself not seriously. I mean, okay. So the other day I watched, um, the first SpongeBob movie because because kids why, like that. why not yeah. I actually I watched it without kids I think I just watched it with Jonathan um, and it is a great movie and David Hasselhoff has a cameo at the end really where he yes he becomes a surfboard it's 
It's amazing. It's so good. And I think I was watching it with a child. I was watching it with my friend Speed, and she was like, "Who's David Hasselhoff?" And I had to explain, like, David Hasselhoff was a part star of my childhood. To, yeah, too. He was Baywatch. Um, Baywatch. Yeah, uh-huh, see, it comes back. Yeah. Baywatch. Just Knight Rider. Uh, but. Uh, Michael Baywatch, <laughs> uh, but he he also had a great camp. He does great cameos. He had a great cameo in the movie Hop, which would have been a shitty movie without his cameo. At the <laughs> end, he does this whole thing where it's like, um, he's doing a contest or whatever, and he's the judge. And anyways, uh, other good uh, cameos from him. Um, I don't know. He just he has a really good sense of humor about it. He was in the Chipmunks movie. Wasn't oh, he? I don't know. I haven't seen the Chipmunks movie. But he's willing to do kids movies, staying in the forefront, being ironic. You got to make fun of yourself. Absolutely. You can't, you can't take yourself too seriously. No, you, you certainly can't. Uh, let's see. I didn't know Rick and Morty was done by them too. Oh really? I guess it's because I, I put in Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and the first thing that came up was Rick and Morty. And I didn't know that they even, I didn't even know they were doing that. Um, let's see. I was going to see if they had anything about, we'll see, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and I'll say uh, Team America World Police. We'll see what it goes. Uh, so, what else is going on in the world? Uh, I just got, like, this headline saying that there are two people got shot at UCLA. What? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, so, uh, you know, more gun violence and stuff. Uh, we need more laughter. That's what we need. Absolutely. Uh, oh, is it next week um, the primaries here in California? Next yeah, Tuesday? Yeah, the 7th. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... Um, isn't that scary? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to... Well, I mean, I'm going to vote for the... I'm going to vote for the... Uh, the stuff that's local, but not, I'm not a, ooh, bus just went by, that's weird. Um, I'm not, I'm registered um, a Green Party, so I don't get to vote for either Hillary or Bernie. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm, I just, it's one of those things that I can't subscribe to a two-party system. I just can't, so one of the ways that I can make that known is just by registering something else, but it does kind of put me out for things like this, but, because Bernie, Although I think that Hillary, things have been happening with her with that whole CIA thing and the or the FBI and the Benghazi emails, emails and blah, 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 blah. To me, that's not as scandalous compared to her opponent, you know. Well, he's just a joke. That's, I mean, but that's the thing is that this, we, I thought that George Bush was a joke too the second time he ran. And, um, you know, we can't underestimate the stupidity of people. Yeah. Hey, but, but that's the thing is we, we've set it up. We called the critical thought. We have no more readers. We have everybody who's attuned to technology. Like, if you took the iPads away, we'd have screaming children in the street. Parents would be like, how do I entertain my child without an iPad? I mean, what are we going to do? Exactly. What are coloring books? Right. Well, and that's the thing. So I'm reading The Stand. It's apocalyptic and everything. And they don't even have electricity right now. And they're using, like, Coleman stoves and things they can find. And... Uh, and there's no more cell phones, but it, it was written 1990, so I don't think a lot of people had cell phones. No. But if something like that happened now, and uh, everybody died, the electricity went down, and I, I, I really don't know. If we, we would survive. I could survive. We a lot of people would freak out. Yeah. You know, we are so married to our phones. Like, you know, 
if we if we are at one percent on our phone we start it's, to freak it's out the apocalypse. It's just, exactly yeah, it's the end because no one has a landline anymore and then everything like we pay bills everything we do everything on you know Computers. on our phones now or what have you and we don't have to pay bills anymore in the in the apocalypse though no it's true bills. that uh, would that be the fun part about it see you know what i would do with all the iphones is I would use them as bricks and I would make a house because I feel that all the metals inside them might provide some sort of insulation, maybe. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Build a house out of iPhones. That, uh, last what else are you going to do with them? Last week you were talking about building a house out of the uh, buses. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's for the, for, for the poor people. But that's before the apocalypse. So we can have the apocalypse not come because it's going to be the class war that's going to drag us down. Oh, God. Because the gun violence is serious and... I mean, that's I mean that's all we need are some guns to rise up. Although the government has more guns than we do, so it's, right. it depends. But I mean, the thing is, just like you know, like I just was reading just like ten seconds ago. You asked me what was going on in the world, and I just got that information about what's going on in UCLA. It's just like when are people going to realize? Like it has nothing to do with your Second Amendment right. No one's taking your gun away. The fact of the matter is, like, there just needs to be more stricter gun laws sure. and what have you. And people are so influenced by people with money. And when I say people with money, I'm talking about the NRA. Oh, right. Exactly. And it's just like, I'm like, dude, these people aren't talking about you because people that are in charge of the NRA, I'm sure, don't have to worry about loved ones probably getting shot in a mall or at school, though it could happen to them. Sure. I, I This is... The accountability and the fact that the NRA and what have you feel like they're so invincible, you know, is really sickening. And it's pretty pathetic that people would still stand for. I, 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 there's money in guns, and they want us to buy more guns because then the gun makers make more money. Money, it's just yeah. There's just thing. It, 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 you, everything boils down to like that money dollar. What it, it's been killing people for centuries absolutely you know and you know it's kind of scary the fact that we could leave outside the station and not return yes yeah, someone could shoot us uh here's the thing someone has a joke about it i think it's jenny hogan it's very funny she says that uh it's easier to get a gun than it is to cancel your facebook account you have to wait like two weeks to cancel your <laughs> facebook account and they keep asking are you sure are you sure you want it? are you sure are, are you are you sure sure but with a the gun they're like are you sure and you're like yeah and they're like okay and it's easy to just walk up to go to a gun show sure. you know get a gun i don't i just i don't i won't i won't want a gun until the apocalypse comes and uh i won't want a tank dang, yeah. <laughs> plow through it uh Total non sequitur. I see this thing. It says Trey Parker, Matt Stone, acid at Oscars. Trey Parker and Matt Stone talk about dropping acid before the Oscars. Nice. Can we? Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. That sounds. That sounds like them. I did shrooms on Monday. I didn't tell anybody, but I didn't do very many. I, I actually like have shrooms in my purse right now. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> 
Trey got nominated for Blame Canada. And so I think I went as your date, right? So it was like, mm -hmm. it was like, well, you can go as my, Trey is a plus one and he didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And he's like, you can go with my date. I'm like, oh, that's funny. So then it was like, well, wouldn't it be funny if I shaved my legs and dressed up in a fancy dress and tried to pass myself off as some weird looking tall European, <laughs> Eastern European model or something? We talked about like big duck outfits and we're like, well, if we have going with big duck yeah, costumes, they're not gonna, they, they, then they have a reason to not let us in. But if we're wearing what other people are wearing, then they really can't say you can't come in. A friend of ours had sugar cubes of LSD. That's so crazy now to think. Like, <laughs> just so nuts. The whole idea you would go, I mean, even to just go, okay, you're gonna go to the Oscars, take acid and go to the Oscars. I'd be like, no, dude, I'm not doing that because I don't know what I'm gonna end up doing. That'd even be too scary. They have all these streets blocked off because you have to go the big, the biggest limo line in the world to get dropped off. And it was like, we finally got up to the front and we were both, I think, going, oh shit. <laughs> if you've taken acid, you know that one of the trippiest parts of when you're on any psychedelics is transitioning. When you go inside to outside or outside to inside, you know, like that, oh, we're in a different space. And I'm, I will never forget the moment getting out of the limo. And there's like 60,000 people and every camera in the Western hemisphere there. And it was like, let's go. Now, two of you are nominated for best song, Blame Canada. Matt's not. Yes. I'm not. We said we can't say anything about the dresses. Nothing about the no dresses. What they so everyone go, don't say guys, anything. what about the dresses? Why the dresses? And we go, magical night tonight. Just all the shows are out. <laughs> is that why you're in the dress? It's just such a magical evening, and everyone, it's just everyone looks so spectacular. You know, we just wanted to be a part of it's it all. It's a night of magic. What? Come on. The only thing we could have done a little bit better is we could have put powdered sugar all over our noses. <laughs> Just have been totally like you. I also remember actually then having to sit there in the actual Oscars, and you're coming down off the acid. So you're simultaneously coming down, and you're having to now sit through the Oscars, which stuck. There were people there were like, "Dude, this is my big night. You." Yeah. But that was the funniest thing to us. We're like, "Really? Like this is bullshit. That's Hollywood. Like let's rock, you know." But we don't have any friends anymore. I wonder why. I would be their friend. That, That's awesome. They, took, they were on acid. I remember that watching that so too. And funny. Thinking how hilarious that was when they came to the Oscars like that. But the fact of the matter that they were on acid. That is, they are. That's awesome. My heroes. <laughs> so uh, awesome. My heroes. Uh, honestly, like, and, and I love that they were nominated for the song because they really are brilliant songwriters oh totally oh i've I been mean, influenced by them like my musicals like i'm like oh, they can write songs i can write songs i've been watching south park since like high school so like since the very big well when did it start like 97 yeah that's when i started watching it i i've always loved south park and i've always will and uh, they're geniuses uh, also, have you seen their the first movie they ever made? The Cannibal, Cannibal the musical? musical? Yep. Fucking right. Oh, and my favorite, Orgasmo. That's oh, that my one favorite. is great. <laughs> no songs in that one, but that one is Now you're a man. Oh, man, okay. man, man. That's right, you're M -I -N, right. Am I in, man? Oh, man, man, man. <laughs> Love that song. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, Orgasmo is one of the best movies. And that was their first one, Making Fun of Mormons, which I really enjoyed. Yes, they were. They totally yeah. were. That was kind of like the intro to like you know what they are now the book of mormon 
I want to find that thing where we watch the news and it scrolls by, and we'll do read between the lines of the news today. I thought it was Yahoo, but it's not. What's another one of them? Uh, is it a MSN? Try that one. Okay, we'll see what's we'll see what's. Oh wow! So top news: shooting phrase nerves at UCLA. That's number one. Number two: no charges in black men's death. And three: Chick Fil A reacts to top complaint. Uh oh. Ooh. Oh boy. Which one do we want to? Oh, let's go through all three. Okay. Oof. Shooting phrase nerves at UCLA. Uh, Pay all that money to go to school and then get shot. The FBI murder-suicide kills two. Murder-suicide. Jesus Christ. Uh, Murder-suicide killed two people at the University of California. Uh, This morning, shutting down the campus for two hours. FBI coming in. Wow. A homicide and a suicide occurred. It appears to be entirely contained. There are no suspects outstanding and no continuing threats to UCLA's campus. Both victims were males without any other details. Okay, that's, uh, so then we have armored people and uh, people taking pictures and blah, 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 blah. But it was two guys, murder-suicide, bummer. Can I just say, as you're reading that, I'm listening to the music in the background yeah. as you're reading something tragic, but I just like the irony of both. <laughs> Murder suicide's not funny. I'm not laughing at no, that. No, I'm just laughing it's, it's at the, the music. 40s musical. No charges in black man's death. Okay, this will make me mad. Yeah, what's up um, with this one? Civil rights charges in shooting of Minneapolis black man. No justice. I mean, how many of these have we had? And we keep having I've more. I've lost count. Uh, count. U.S. attorney on Wednesday declined to file civil rights charges against two Minneapolis police officers in the November death of a black man that sparked weeks of protests. Andrew Luger said in a news release that there's insufficient evidence to support charges against officers Mark and Riggenberg and Dustin Schwarzy. Jamar Clark, 24, was shot once in the head Jesus Christ. November 15th and died a day later. The key issue was whether or not Clark was handcuffed when he was shot. Several witnesses say he was. Police says he was not. The circumstances of the case set off weeks of protests in the city, including an 18-day tent encampment outside the police department's 4th Precinct on the north side. That's kind of what they did here That's to oust the chief of police here. Right. And, and people are actually calling for, um, saying, why don't we police ourselves? Why don't... Why don't we make it like the old-timey ways of the West and, and San Franciscan, like, natives or San Francisco residents police I can't themselves? Do, no. I, there's too many crazy people. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do not like the Popo. I don't trust them. I think they should just ho- s- dismantle the whole police department and start all over again. But I do not feel that all citizens... Des- <laughs> Can police right? I've just no. Well, no, not all citizens, but I mean, that's kind of what they were calling for: is that there are areas that have been policing themselves for for years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's just like the system is. It's it's always been bad. The fact of the matter that people are realizing how bad it is, it's because we do have, you know, the body cams, which don't really. Don't, don't help too much with the cases, unfortunately. And you have people think of this is a part of cell phones that are good, that do have cameras uh-huh. that can film these incidents. Right. You know, so that's the positive side of having a cell phone. But the sad, sad thing is, when you do have this body of evidence and you see it, 
you get things like this, like people getting acquitted and what have you, and you know, it's... Well, who knows? And that's the thing. Who remembers the truth? Who knows what we saw? Who knows what's real? And the what's thing not is, real? like, witnesses, are, a witness doesn't even, their their word isn't even valid anymore. The police right. say, of course the police are going to say right. th- yeah. he wasn't handcuffed. It's a band of brothers, of course. Of course. Well, so the first two uh, news items seem to be real news about guns and sadness. And the third is ridiculous. I want to know what's going on with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is rolling out a new app that will let customers skip long lines at registers. Fuck you, Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. Really? I have a two-year-old daughter, and I can't imagine interacting with chick with Chick-fil-A without the app anymore, he said, commenting on the difficulty of managing toddlers while waiting in line. Wait, what? Okay, that's just lazy. Okay, yeah, this, I, this is this just... See, this is totally insane. This is called being a parent. Right. So you have to manage your kid, and you have to tell that little fucker to be patient. Well, you shouldn't be feeding your child Chick-fil-A. To celebrate the launch of the app, Chick-fil-A is giving away free chicken sandwiches to everyone who are. downloads it. Oh, God. Uh, so what happens with the app? What you... You app, and then when customers get free treats from Chick Fil A, they will have the opportunity to rate them. Blah 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 blah. This is all. This is what's sad is this is so that pathetic. That the first two things are news. This is not news. This is, this not, is news. not news. This is pathetic. This is an advertisement. The third story is an advertisement. Thanks, MSN. I wonder how much Chick Fil A just had to pay for that. Uh, story four: Why a third-party run could hurt Clinton more than Trump. Uh, Fear. Not a great picture of her. Yeah. Uh, presumptive Republican nominee Donald Trump openly frets that a serious third-party option this fall would likely hand the electric election to Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton. Great. Obviously, the independent or third party could not win, so the Democrats would have an absolutely free run, he declared in March, just as his campaign was catching fire. Very simple. It guarantees, 100% guarantees, the election of Democrat. That means the appointment of Supreme Court Justice 3, 4, or 5. That's a total wipeout for conservatives and for Republicans. Start thinking about that. Shut up. Fear. See, they always, every year, they always do the same stories about, like, having a third-party candidate. They always use this scare tactic. Always. I mean, and the thing is, like, they know that I know who they're targeting because a lot of people who are who want a third party are usually those who mostly the majority of time vote Democrat. So it's kind of like a to me, it's like a scare tactic. Ooh, what's Who this? is David French, the never Trump white knight candidate? David hmm. French. That's the name. The conservative at- establishment insider weekly standard. Uh, Bill Kriskel said he wants to make America's official anti-Trump candidate. French, according to Crystal, is a real conservative who should launch a third-party bid to give Republican voters an alternative to voting for Donald Trump. So they're not even talking about Bernie. They're talking about this guy. Wow. Wow. Hey, run, buddy. Do it. And then all the girls that are talking about it are all really, really pretty. Yay. Yay. We're giving the news and we're so pretty. Look at my hair. We know stuff. Uh, The other two are showing cleavage, just to know. Um, PGA Tour moving to a Doral Coast course owned by Donald Trump. Oh, so the PGA is moving to something that Donald Trump owns. That's interesting. Oh, God. I mean, it's, just, it's just more for Trump. That's the thing is, this is the news right now. It feels like advertisements. Um, I don't understand what the fuck is wrong with this. These suspended people. 162 games for drug violation. Ooh, Marlon drugs? Bird of the Cleveland Indians. Please don't let it be weed. Uh, Hormone releasing peptide. Oh, steroids. When I learned that I had tested positive for 
Pam Rowling. It has Pam in it. That's fun. I retain the services of private counsel. He says he got a tainted supplement. Of course, he's not going to agree with it. He's a big guy, though. Look at that. I think he's taking When are people going to realize most athletes take uh, uh, performance-enhancing performance drugs? Yeah. I, I actually don't think that steroids are a problem because that's what birth control pills are we put women on steroids we put people on steroids constantly but we just we're like those are bad steroids i mean they're augmenting their bodies uh in if they're legal they're legal come on uh jim harbaugh criticism Ugh, i don't care about football fuck football uh let's see not news barry bonds regrets his controversial image i was a dumbass oh that's nice yeah, good to know that you admit stuff yeah good thanks barry bonds Family boy who fell into gorilla oh, exhibit asks this. for donations in animal's memory. This is, that's kind of sad. Well, do you blame the zookeepers or the parents? I blame the zoo. Oh, I, see, I blame the parents. I, I blame the zoo because they were telling me, they were telling me, <laughs> they were uh, describing how the rail was. It was like, oh. yeah, the size of the rail and how it was easy access for anyone to jump in. So I think I think I held the zoo accountable. It's a miracle that. the boy survived. The zoo needs to be open about everything that happened between the alarm being raised and the shop being fired. Did they uh, really? Roberts argued that shooting the gorilla dead could have crushed the child as the animal collapsed. It's true. What about a tranquilizer? Don't they have tranquilizer guns? Yeah, right. Trank guns. Now I say I think the fault is the parents. Fucking watch your kid. Don't let your kid that, that fall also. into the gorilla pit. Come on. Yeah. You're watching your how kids? Old was, how old was the kid, by the way? Uh, let's see. Four-year-old boy. Okay. Police yeah. may bring criminal charges over a Cincinnati Zoo incident in which a gorilla was killed to the rescue. A uh, four-year-old boy who had fallen into its enclosure. Uh, the death of the 450-pound gorilla also prompted animal rights. So it's a four-year-old four boy, a three-foot barrier, a four-foot bushes, yeah, three and foot then a barrier. 15 foot drop this is a parent problem zookeepers signaled the gorillas to retreat uh and he's in the water down there and uh he jumped down and the child is splashing around and then uh over 10 minutes he became he dragged the child through the water and climbed back up the ladder climbed with the child up to the gorilla habitat and they saw him violently dragging and throwing the child and they decided the boy's life is in danger, so they decided to kill him with a single gunshot. Where and the firefighter they... said the child was between the gorilla's legs at the time of the shot. Now, now, where were the parents? <laughs> exactly. Where a three-foot barrier, tall, four foot of bushes, and the kid climbed over. Uh, witnesses said the child had expressed desire to get into the enclosure and climbed over a three-foot barrier, falling 15 feet into a moat. Zookeepers took down the 17-year-old ape after he violently dragged and tossed the child. The boy's mother said that he suffered a concussion and scrapes but was fine otherwise. Why? So, what, what, they're saying that... Even Republican candidate oh, Donald Trump jumped into the fray news conference saying the way he held that child it was almost like a mother holding a baby it was so beautiful to watch that the powerful almost 500 pound gorilla the way he dealt with that little boy it just takes one second one flick of the fingers is there a video of this no no video so how would he know how would stupid ass trump know how he saw he was ah, there ah he must have seen something special 
Uh, uh, oh, new, here we go. New <laughs> photos show Amber's ha- Amber Heard's injuries allegedly caused by Johnny Depp in another domestic violence incident. Uh oh. Johnny Depp can hit me, hurt me, make me feel cheap. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> a lot of people are. I'm pretty torn about this. I don't want to side with anybody. Yeah, I didn't even know about it. Yeah. But it's not real news. It's not real news. Again, it's again, it's not real news. I even wonder. Well, no, I think that well, the, the the gorilla thing is real. Yeah, news, so. but by the way, the gorilla thing is very important because it's an endangered species. Oh, absolutely. So. And we, I mean, we should be talking about our zoos, okay? Anyway. Uh, no. Like, zoos are kind of terrible. A lot of funding has went out of the zoos, and so I mean. Dude, I can tell you the worst zoo I've been to in Chicago. It's called Lincoln Park Zoo, and it's god-awful. And the penguins look so sad. All the animals look so sad. In in Chicago? Yeah, we have two zoos. I've been, I've been to the free one in Chicago. That's the Lincoln Park one. Yeah. By Right by the lake? Yeah, it's free. It was yeah, neat. it's you free. You got to go in. But um, it's it's kind of depressing it had looking. Small, it had small enclosures for the animals, yeah. It was yeah. Kind of a it's, every time I would go by there, like the animals just did not seem happy. It was the like otters was, were happy. I watched the otters for a while. They seemed pretty happy. Penguins look really sad. Well, penguins <laughs> always look sad because it's like hot. <laughs> it was just. They're cold. They're, they're supposed to be cold. But it's I hot. mean, the thing is. In the summer in Chicago, it's hot. Well, this is like fall at okay. the time. But. The thing is, like, a lot of zoos have been getting in trouble because of the way they have been treating these animals. And I uh, I don't even like going to the zoo anymore. The only one I really like a lot is uh, the San Diego Wild Animal Park. I heard that one's amazing. It's amazing. I have not been to that one. The next story is not news. Uh, Big Bang Star says the season's going to be their la- next season's their last. I've never watched the Big Bang Theory, I so even. I don't give a fuck. That's not news. Another non-news, Madonna and Guy Ritchie's custody battle ends. Good for her. Who cares? The five most important years of your financial life. These are not stories. These are the top stories. America's wealthiest female musicians in 2016. Madonna, good. Uh... She's, uh, who else? Uh, Madonna, Madonna. No, this is all just about Madonna. Wow, Madonna got two stories in the news today. Her PR people are working overtime. I know, right? And the last thing is an LGBT prize quiz. Name the city in which Stonewall in New riots York City. broke out in 1969. New York City. New York City. Patrons of the gay bar. Uh, the Stonewall Inn clashed with police, triggering riots that are often cited as the beginning of the gay rights movement. I so heard that they're actually going to make the Stonewall Inn, which is a, it's a bar, they're going to make it a, a historical monument. Cool. Yeah. Which is one of the largest LGBT magazines in the U.S. founded before the Stonewall riots. The Advocate? I'm going to say, I would say the, God, I don't know, I was going to say Out Front or the we're going to go with The Advocate. You're right. The Advocate was first published as a local newspaper by an activist group, Personal Rights and Defense and Education, P-R-I-D-E, in Los Angeles in 1967. Yay, I know my gay stuff. I know your gay stuff. I do. When was the nation's first gay pride parade held? 1970. What's the years? 68, 69, 70, or 71. I think it's 1970. I was going to say 70 or 71. Yes, the tri- parade was held on June 28, 1970 commemorated the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall riots, and the event was called the Christopher Street Liberation Day. 
when did the American Psychiatric Association declassify homosexuality as a mental disorder? I think it was 73, 78, 85, or 90. I think it was 1990. That is a long... That makes yeah. me very sad. Nope, it was 73. 73, oh. Thank God. On December 15th, 1973, the association removed it after a 5,854 to 3,810 members vote. Uh, which U.S. university opened the first office for LGBT students? Yale. I'm going to say... University of Michigan, New York University. NYU. University of Texas. Yeah, let's go with New York. Oh, no, University of Michigan. Oh, Called the Spectrum Center, the office was created in 1971 at Ann Arbor, Arbor. Michigan, Kansas. Nice. In 71. All right. That just totally threw who me was the, we, Harvey we, Milk. Yeah, who was the know. first openly gay man to be elected for political office in the state of California? Harvey Milk. And he was murdered. Yeah, Milk won a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1977. He was assassinated after serving less than a year. Right in his office. Ugh. The U.S. Which U.S. state became the first to outlaw discrimination based on sexual orientation? Florida, Georgia, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania? I'm gonna say Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin passed a law on March 2nd, 1982, removing discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations. Under whose administration was Don't Ask, Don't Tell repealed from the U.S. history? (laughs) It's actually Barack Obama, signed by the Clinton administration in 93. The policy ended in 2011. Oh, repealed. I'm sorry. Yeah, Clinton put it in. Put it in, yes. And Barack took it out. Just recently. Don't ask, don't tell. Uh, who designed the prominent, the most rainbow, who designed the rainbow flag, one of the most prominent symbols of the LGBT community? Robert G. Heft, Gilbert Baker, Sylvia Rivera, or Bayard Rustin? Bayard Rustin? I was going to guess either Roger Heft or Bayard Rustin. We'll go with yours. Oh, it was Gilbert Baker. We were both wrong. Oh. The first flag appeared in the San Francisco Pride Parade in 1978. Which is the large, oldest surviving LGBT organization in the world? Transmart, People Like Us, Center for Culture and Leisure, or the LGBT Network? This one I don't know. I'm going to say LGBT Network. I mean... Maybe people I, like us. I would say probably people like us. Center for Culture and Leisure. Oh. Founded in 1946 in the Netherlands, oh, wow. it used a cover name to mask its then taboo motive. Huh. That's interesting. That is super interesting. In the 1940s. Hey, we're listening to 1940s yeah. music now. In which year did the American Supreme Court lift nationwide ban on same-sex marriage? 2015, right? 2010. No, it was 2015. Yeah, on June 26th, we were there. Uh, The U.S. became the 21st nation to legalize same-sex marriage nationwide. Can you believe that was like last year? I know, right? That's it. It was just last year. So we missed three questions, but they didn't even tell us how well we did. Those jerks. We did really well, though. Yeah, we know stuff. We like the gays. Yay. They make me feel good. I've always loved my uh, gays. I just I've I've always been acceptive I mean accept uh, accept it I can't use words today I've never had that kind of ill will nor was I raised in that kind of environment where you know they were horrible people or what have you even like the background like my grandparents you know being a part of the Catholic Church they were never that kind of you know those kind of people either yeah my dad didn't like he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't hate the fags just the specs <laughs> no, he was, they weren't they weren't um, my parents were, were really really racist about Mexicans and black people but um, and my grandma specifically but never about the gays they never bother them. them nope but I mean and my mom would 
I mean, I mean, I guess, and especially in our religion, we were taught like that's it's really wrong. But I've never, I mean, Christianity just fucked me up so much because I still like, I feel like a terrible girlfriend all the time because I'm such just vanilla in in the sack, you know. But it's because I was taught to be you know, so prudish by the Christians and the whatnot. And Something about Christianity that warps people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any real, I mean, majority of religion like warps people somehow, some way. And the thing is, I would just watch, I just watched this movie uh, called All the Way, which is on HBO and it's about Lyndon Johnson and uh, him signing the civil rights bill, the voting bill, and what have you. And some of the things that a lot of the Southern senators were saying back then in 1964, the whole religious freedom, is the same bullshit. And the bathroom thing is the same okey-doke that a lot of the religious right today are using that same language, our religious freedom and the right to, right. and it's just, I'm just like the, 50 the, years later. The states that have said that it's okay to discriminate against gay people, like if you have a bakery or a florist and they want it's a co- wedding cake or flowers for the wedding, you can say no. My religious freedom, religious that's called discrimination, my Absolutely. friend. That's not, no one is, first of all, I don't even know what religion you are. I know you're a Christian, but what kind of Christian? I mean, the thing, it just, yeah. And, and plus, it's not the Christian thing to do. Right, if you look at that. It's, it's a, supposed to be inclusive. But, but that's the thing about people and how we are constantly finding other people that mesh with us based on the way that they look or the way that they act or the way that they... I mean, why? I mean, I am judge. I think we're all judgmental people. Absolutely. But I try to judge people based on, like... <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I try not to judge people, but I'm not going to talk to everybody on the bus. I mean, I'll be polite. There was a guy yesterday when I was walking up the hill, and uh, I was guerrilla marketing with flyers and putting them on something. He asked me, he said, what are you doing? Are you, you got some kind of party going on? I said, no, it's for a radio station, and I handed him a flyer, and I looked at him, he was, and I noticed a few things right away. I noticed two teardrop tattoos on his face. He was about 50-ish, and I noticed, like, three missing teeth but he was walking up the hill and doing his thing and and I wasn't like I mean I talked to him for a while but I was also reading my book so I kind of like went up and down and then I was like I'm reading my book and basically what you're doing is giving him the same respect and respecting it yeah but I didn't want to have a huge long conversation with him right and I and then later he picked up a TV off the ground he's like do you want a TV I was like no I'm cool man I don't watch TV but thanks it's really nice of you um, it's like, this is good TV. I'm like, take the TV, bro. You found it on the street. It's free TV. See, there's a difference between judging people to an extent rather than hating people. Well, I mean, I judged him. I judged him. I was like, he's black. He has two tattoos on his face and he's missing teeth. I was like, he's done jail time. Yeah. And he's probably on crack. I don't think <laughs> no, he's so- walking uphill. I actually don't think he was a crackhead. Because it was early in the morning. It was like 10.45. Oh, you're going to make some money off that TV. I hope so. Good. But what did I judge him in my head? Did I go, oh, he's crackhead. I thought to myself, oh, he's been to jail. Which brings up, I mean, I judged him. Right. That, but that happens. The thing is, it's just like, we can't sit up here and bullshit and say like, well, I'm not a judgmental person. I'm not, because you're actually full of shit. Right. Everyone judges each other on appearance somehow, some way. Why do we do, I mean, but that's like something deep in our sociology. That's like deep in being human. It, it is. Because we, if we, if we put that guy next to a guy with a three piece suit 
who looks like Ted Bundy and not know that that was Ted Bundy, who looks like a clean-cut guy, you would think, oh, the guy with the tattoo on the face is the one that's the serial killer. Right. When actually, it's the opposite guy in a three-piece suit sure. that is a serial killer. So we judge off the appearance, you know, and our appearance, and the well, thing if is... it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes... You know, it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, but it's a serial killer. You know, <laughs> but those are—I think those are like bizarre cases, like that. There's the, but if if we all judge, and we do based on the way people look, why did God make ugly people? <laughs> why did you do that? Why did God make Donald Trump or Newt Gingrich? Well, I mean, they're ugly on the inside, and how did they get so powerful? That's the weird thing. Is like, it's hard for me to understand how. Like, I'm 41 years old. I don't understand how there are other 41-year-olds that have so much power. Like, how did Donald Trump's only in his 60s? How did he get this much money and power? And when he was in his 40s, he had a lot of money and power, too. How does that happen? Like... He was born into it. Well, I think that part of it was that he was, his, you know, his, his dad gave him a modest million-dollar loan. Right. Um, modest. <laughs> I, God, if someone gave me a million dollars, I, I don't know. That would go a long way for me. Right. But no, the thing is, it's just like, and, and and it's funny, and this is where I'm going to be judgmental too. It's always these wealthy, powerful white men who are usually majority of the time, and I, I'm like, like I said, I'm going to be judgmental, who are not the most attractive people, but usually are the ones that are pointing their finger at people that they think that's not attractive when they haven't taken a good look in the mirror on themselves. I think that though, Donald Trump's not ugly like he was in movies and stuff his People lips like look like wait. buttholes yeah, he's... <laughs> I don't know I, how did he, he, so he likes much... to call women fat pigs and ugly slobs so right. I'm just you know I, and it's I, I hate that we demean women but that's the, that's the that, that's calling him fat slob is saying that you're not sexual enough you're not a sexual object enough for me like my wife who's half my age and the thing is it's like and i i would throw the same shit back at him like you're not sexually attractive enough either right but the thing is once you get all the money money and power Power. that looks really sexy right to people and glamorous like i I remember i had this conversation years ago someone said like (laughs) so stupid someone said that "Ooh, you wouldn't sleep with notorious big i'm like no gross he's like girl but he got a lot of money i'm like I don't care. I can't see myself. I'm not attracted to that. E40 was sitting at the uh, court side of the Warriors game. Would you sleep with E40? No. No, he's a big fat guy too. No. I don't, I just, I just, it, it doesn't appeal to me. Money and power. To me, it's kind of scary because I want some power too. (laughs) You, I don't want you to be the only person in this relationship with power. Oh no. I have plenty of power. I get to talk on the radio i get to wake up whenever i want unless i'm babysitting but i mean i never babysit before 10 so it's still kind of sleeping in yeah i feel like i have enough power because i actually have power over my own life that's true you took it back i took it back yeah but and i get to decide tonight you know like do i want to sleep over in berkeley do i not i don't know but it's my choice that's true but Do you I feel like that's something like you know when you got divorced that's something that just kind of like opened your eyes of well i kind of did whatever i wanted to do when i was with my husband too but 
I mean, I always knew there'd be repercussions. But we always had conversations about like, well, no, he bought his season tickets without without consulting me. <laughs> and then I got mad about it. And he's like, okay, I'll give you $800 to do whatever you want to do with once a year. And I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> the season tickets were 800 bucks. I was like, I think I will buy wine and drugs. <laughs> That's what Thank I will you, do honey. with my $800. Thank you, baby. I will buy a couple cases of wine and a couple ounces of weed. <laughs> that will make me happy. <laughs> I'm simple. All right. We did it. We came to the end of another AltaCast. Along with the nice dramatic, dramatic m- music. Absolutely. 40s pop music. Thanks, I didn't hear thanks, Mr. Gima. Sadman. Um, Mr. Sadman, uh, bring me a dream. I think it's later than the 40s. Really? I thought that came out in the 40s. I don't know, but I know that song. I know that song. Mr. Sadman, yes. bring me a dream. <laughs> Make him the cutest that uh-huh. I've ever seen. Uh, and it's all still about objectification and the way people look. And tell me that our lonesome nights are over. The, oh, sex God. in the 40s, they did that? What? Before marriage? Oh, come on. All right, we'll see you guys uh, later. Yeah. Come out for Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. Find us on iTunes. Uh, give us money to Mutiny Radio. <laughs> to our PayPal. No, don't support PayPal. Just come in here. Be careful with them. Be careful with them. <laughs> come in here, see a show, drop your money in. Uh, good times. See you soon. Bye, everybody. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening, 
my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. D 
you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. California, and it is time to ride the morning train. Beep. 